Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Four Jack Podcast, brought to you by our friends over at Jackson Labs. Another day in the lab, another fantastic guest, a big guest huge in my guest. eyes, huge guest in my eyes. So we're going to go around first and just, we just got one, one co-host today. We just, we got Tombo. What's up, dude? Not too much, bud. Um, yeah, excited to be here with someone that I know is a very influential person in your life. Like I've been <laughs> hearing about these guys for the last year, at least constantly, like no laying up is doing this, doing that. You need to check it out. And I've gone down a bit of a wormhole the last few days, just getting caught up, prepared for this. And I truly do love what you guys are up to. And I'll let you introduce him. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the guest today, one of the co-hosts from No Laying Up, Icarito himself, Mr. Neil Schuster. What's up? Nothing. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I would say co-host. Uh-oh, we got sound effects coming in. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Got to give you the applause. I'd say more, more merch are co-host during quarantine i don't i don't hop on too many of the podcasts but i've been on a bunch of i live in new york all the other guys are in jacksonville so uh but yeah happy to be here thanks for having me oh man it's our pleasure it's our pleasure absolutely i want to kind of so golf i, I just want to dive right into google because i know you're a bit of a tech guy so i'm assuming that's kind of your <laughs> realm of expertise sure. in the in the squad they say yes the disruptive one uh no i was <laughs> yeah. not on i in no way am I a coder, but I was. I worked at Google for, I don't know, two and a half years. Uh, and before that, I was in San Francisco doing some uh, tech startup stuff, some failed tech startup stuff. Uh, <laughs> not my companies, but the companies I was at uh, were startups and they did not succeed. Fair uh, so enough. that was interesting. And then I went to Google and that company does okay. Uh, and I sold ads. So all those ads you see on YouTube that show up before you, the video you're trying to watch, like the no laying up videos, those, yeah, that's what, that's what I was selling. So, oh, nice. Uh, good. Uh, it was a good experience though. Kind of like how to figure out how the internet works. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of opportunity out there if you know how to like navigate the algorithms, right? It's very much so. And less and less, uh, opportunity on the organic side of things and more and more, you know, how much are you willing to spend? Right. To, and yeah. And building uh, that Facebook and that, that, I mean, Facebook with the, um, I don't know. If you guys want to go down the ad wormhole, we can go. <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess. That like, might be a separate I have, pod. I have, like. I have mistakes. Uh, but no, it was good. I With the, the e-commerce stuff that we do, um, it was awesome to to be able to like build up, build our own pro shop and then almost like work with other companies and use mm -hmm. their money to like figure stuff out. Like obviously building their accounts and I'm hoping that they go as well as planned, but like you make mistakes and you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that with uh, – yeah, my Google shopping feed or my remarketing or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you kind of just learn by doing so yeah, build test optimized. Build, yeah. Like a hundred and I think 120 ad accounts over Holy smokes. a couple years. Uh, actually probably over a year I was on the sales team first, which was kind of, it was, it was easy in that Google kind of sells itself. Like it works, right. which yeah. is awesome. People go to Google hard. to search. Yeah. But it was hard to find businesses that weren't using it. That should be. Mm -hmm. So if like, somebody wasn't doing it, it was either, either because they were like too small and they wouldn't spend enough to like make an impact on our quota or they weren't doing it for a reason, which we would find out very quickly was like, it didn't work for their industry or mm -hmm. you know, their cost per sale was too low or whatever. So finding businesses that 
would like make a meaningful impact mm -hmm. for us, right? Like to hit a, a massive quota that keeps getting bigger and bigger uh, was like a complete rat race. So then I switched over to this, the guys that build the accounts, which was a little less like financially successful. You know, you don't get yeah. paid as much, but it was a lot more interesting and like learning more. about the technicals of why things work the way they work. Yeah. Like it, it's, I would say Facebook ad platform, Google, same thing. It's, it's not a, you know, it's not coding, but it's kind of its own language. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of acronyms. There's a, like the dashboards have a million things. No one knows their way around. So it's like a sales force almost like that's intense. Yeah. yeah. It's just data everywhere. And if you know how to read it and look at it and do it quickly, like you could, it's, I don't know, there's probably, what did Google do last quarter? Like a hundred million dollars and or a hundred billion dollars in revenue, right? Yeah, like, so probably, you know, a couple trillion dollars a year running through these two platforms. And I'd say very few people actually know how they work, right? Yeah, like, totally. like what's for, and the other thing I was laughing with DJ about this, uh, my, one of my colleagues at NLU, yeah. when, I don't know when the paradigm shifted of people that are selling you the ads are also the ones reporting on the success of them. So like with Google, it's like they're trust, which in like Google analytics, I trust it. And, and the ad platforms, I don't think they're lying, but there's something it's like, everybody just kind of like agreed 10 years ago that like, yeah, okay. You guys are the ones that are we'll serving the ads through and you. you. And then we're, the, and then they're going to turn around and take like this undisputed, like source of truth. But it's like, wait, aren't they biased? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we're giving you the money and you're telling us that it's, it's going well. Right. It's, it's kind of a funny, there's like no third party that's in the middle. That's like, no, this is working. This is not like with TV. There's like Nielsen data. Yeah. There's like independent, you know, data sources. So I don't know. Anyway, I could go again. Yeah. I could go down the hole, but Google really just took over. Like they became like the monopoly. Like they kind of just yeah. ran it and yeah. this is how it is. Deal with it. And it's, well, it, the thing is like the reason it is because it works, right? Like yeah. when was the last time you went to Google search as a user and you didn't get what you were looking for? Exactly. Like, yeah. I have a tough time pick it, you know, like really, I, and it's like, even when you spell stuff wrong, like it's amazing. It always works. It and scares me at times. Even the ad stuff, like the <laughs> ads that show up are super relevant. So yeah, like it, yeah. does, it works. It's just, they have consolidated like all the power. So totally. Uh, so yeah. So I left uh, a year ago and Made I'm glad it, it's been good. Uh, it's different, but it's been, you know, it was always kind of a, uh, I don't know if a dream is, yeah, I guess a dream to like work on my own thing, work for myself. Yeah, and then sure. my brother and my close friends is, you know, it's great. So, um, what was yeah, that pushing like, factor to kind of make the switch full time? Um, so we did it, we started the business in 2014 as kind of a side thing, like a, as a, um, a hobby it was a text thread and turned into a Twitter handle and then we built a website and kind of merch and then podcasts and then videos. So, uh, we were all spread out. Stolly was living in Amsterdam at the time. My brother was in uh, Atlanta and then Boston. Randy was in, um, where was he? Columbus. And I was in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then Stolly was moving back from KPMG. He's the main host of the podcast mm -hmm. and he didn't want to like re up with, uh, KPMG and his accounting job. And they wanted to go back to Chicago. And we had just landed, uh, kind of a, a sponsor for the podcast that was like significant so it was like hey why don't why don't you go full-time and then my brother like five months later did and then um in that same time period dj came on he was at the pga tour he came yeah. on board uh as like a uh, kind of i guess consultant or you know like he was kind of mm -hmm. like an agency he was just kind of like a sole 
And you guys kind of just picked him up off social media, like through connecting through whatever channel it was. Yeah, he basically, he's got some funny stories about, you know, the PGA Tour was like, yeah, we got to do, what's this social stuff? I went to some conference. They're telling me I have to be on Twitter. You know, this is like 2000. Social media 101, give it to me. Hey, young guy. Hey, DJ, why don't you, why don't you run this social stuff for us? You know, it's like, okay. And then all of a sudden he's like, six months later, I'm in like meetings with the commissioner and yeah. I'm all like super influential or like I'm running this thing that's becoming a bigger and bigger priority. And they look to and me for advice. What I'm doing. He's just like, I'm figuring it out as I go. So he kind of similar to, I guess what I was learning at Google, just kind of learned by doing. Mm-hmm. And I think got sick of like the, you know, the corporate structure. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, I think it's pretty uh, mundane over there. Regardless you know, of it being the PGA it's, uh, Tour, it's still a business. Exactly. So he was itching to do something on his own. So uh, he was working with us in the Golfer's Journal um, and kind of able to create like what he wanted to create and do more video stuff. And right. then tell more stories about what's like something other than yeah. tic-tac-toe so, with the pros, right? So everybody, everybody's spread out. My brother, uh, my sister-in-law, um, is in the hotel business and she, they were in Boston. She didn't really like what she was doing. And there was a job opening in Jacksonville. DJ was down here. My brother and my sister-in-law liked it. So they made the move. And then Solly moved down here cause he was like living at home in Ohio. Yeah. And so that kinda, that's how this became like home base. And I, um, I'm the youngest and, uh, I liked, I liked Google and you know, I liked what I was doing. Like it's a mm-hmm. very place yeah. to work. So I was like in no hurry to be like, Hey, let me, Drop me, Google and come do this. And I was able to kind of balance both pretty well because they're pretty um, uh, encouraging about like side projects there, which yeah. is cool. Like everybody was interested in in NLU and kind of like, oh, that's pretty cool. You got this thing on the side going on. And and then, um, yeah, just but then I, I guess a year went by and um, I kind of said like I was starting to do, well, they were starting to like trying to, I don't know, not trying to promote me, but basically saying to me like, Hey man, like we want you to like do more, you know, like you're, you've got you're so much charisma involved. And I was kind of like, yo, why don't you just let me build my 10 accounts? I, I do my thing. I have my sandbox. Yeah. That didn't really fly. You know, it wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was kind of like, you know, I don't want to be doing both jobs poorly. Right. And I was, I kind of was like, I think the kicker was like, if I leave and NLU fails, or if I don't leave and NLU fails, like what would I regret more? And right. It was definitely if I stayed at Google and felt like, oh man, I could have helped or I could have done something. Yeah. Uh, but I think the fact that we staggered everything made it like financially viable for us to, you know, we've ramped things up very, very consistently and slowly, and and I think it's going well. So as an avid listener and like viewer of the content, like even since the time that I started listening, which would have been, let's say end 2017 mid 2017 like i went down this wormhole the other day of watching like old tourist sauce and i was like wow like this this is so much different than like the new stuff like you guys have grown so exponentially in that time and it's funny you just mentioned the golfer's journal and tom coin had that podcast out the other day with jerry Maguire from karn and i listened to that and i was like oh man i was like this is heartbreaking i was like i had to go back and watch that episode and yeah. one of the first things you said was like, this is the most unique golf experience I've ever encountered. And I was like, I'm like looking at the list of courses you guys have played. And I'm like, it's insane. Like what tour sauce has brought you guys for like just places that you get to see people you get to meet. And like, 
yeah, it's really blown up for you guys. Well, I, I'd say that's my favorite thing about golf is I think about some of the places. Well, obviously the, the places you go are sweet, but like I remember my brother and I early on in like 2015 going to play a course in Tocoa, Georgia, which is like Northeast Georgia. Mm-hmm. There's, no There's no highways. It's like kind of this flyover part of Georgia. And it was beautiful. It was like in the you know Smoky Mountains or in the um, kind of foothills of the Appalachian uh, Mountains. And I just remember saying to him, like, there's no other reason we would be here. Yeah. Other than the fact that like someone built a golf course here. And I, I think I think about that a lot. And I got I really got that feeling at Karn. I was like, what other what other reason do you have to go to the edge of the earth? Yeah. And if you do, it's usually because you're just like doing the you know, the ring road and like Iceland, like people just, you're just, mm-hmm. you know, on the move. Right. And sort of like be able to, you know, set yourself up and be there all day and sink and your teeth it. into it. That place. Yeah. Like I said it on that episode, it felt like hiking and it was yeah. like, in between, like, all right, cool. I'm gonna hit a golf ball. But it was more about like in between holes, you're walking like a quarter of a mile. Like it's not easy. And no. so it kind of takes you out of, uh, I guess, caring as much about how you're playing and just kind of like, you know, getting into like the the experience the moment of it so it's cool yeah for sure and like i was thinking it's funny you just say that even that why would you go to the edge of the world and you know you kind of in that episode you're like oh it's like backpacking and blah blah and i'm like yeah like it's kind of like when you're going around southeast asia and you're like why am i going to this one spot oh just to see a hill yeah sure i'm totally down to go do that and then to spend four hours there i've done that as well (laughs) i spent like i know i'm on a seven week backpacking trip uh spent 11 and, months yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. and ridiculous. i would uh after i graduated from college i went to i went to laos and thailand best and it was great i loved it but you're right like he comes like all right well i guess we'll go tubing you know yeah laos is <laughs> the worst do you get in vang vien you're like so what do you do here oh well, you, you just get drunk and go down a river like sure. mushroom. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh it's such a funny place too where I get the elephant shirts and I, I <laughs> yeah, saw that you're bringing those back. Uh, so I went, back I wanted to bring the elephant pants here. I have some of those too, but the shirts, I can't find the shirts. I got to get back over there and like source some of those things for the pro shop because I, I brought back like eight of them and now I've worn through like six of them. So I've got yeah. two left. It's like, it's time for a re up. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> All of my stuff is just trash that I brought back. Like it's yeah. long. Gone. I'm impressed that you still have stuff that you took when you went there, which is pretty r- remarkable to me. Yeah, like, I mean, I <laughs> left here in, like, 2015, was in Southeast Asia for, like, a year and a half. So the Africa and then... Where was your where's home base for a while? Uh, well, in Southeast Asia, kind of everywhere, but Indo, I was in, like, Bali, Lombok area for a long time, and then after that, moved to Cape Town with my partner and then kind of bounced between there and Sydney in Australia. So it was a bit That's of a journey, to say the least. I haven't been to Indonesia. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to see that, but it was, uh, I, man, I didn't come back with much. I law, I got my phone stolen. I put, you know, I put the backpack up on the top of the bus going, you know, in Laos. Never. Left the valuable <laughs> in it. Those guys are just up there going through everybody's bag. Oh yeah. Six hours later you get, you get somewhere that should have taken you two hours to get to, but the roads are so bad. You get <laughs> there. And I, I look through my bag. Everything's gone. I'm like, there's nothing oh, you can do about it. You no. know, it's like, Oh God, I just got, totally taken like yeah uh, you know complete mark vulnerable so, and like hardened yeah. that now i'll never make was, that mistake again 
um, I can't. So then I lose that. I lost like, you know, I got some housekeeper, took some money from me, lost my Kindle, like my, my book. Oh, no way. That was the last straw. I got really upset about that. Cause I was like, you didn't take my fucking book, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I come home. That's all I have, man. I, yeah, I get, I fly from, then I had to pay the, uh, I stayed like two days late. So I had to pay the visa fee. Oh, I've done that so many times. Thailand. I, basically lost like so that was like the last time my money went to like their version of the tsa or yeah. custom so then basically delta fed me from krabi in thailand through singapore through japan and i was meeting my family i have an aunt in hawaii and we were i was meeting my parents and my brother in hawaii to, to for like a family vacation almost like kind of a nice middle ground yeah after my trip and so i get in and i i you know it's i've been on a plane for like 20 hours and uh i get to the customs guy and i'm like He's asking me the questions like, "You have any livestock, or you, you know, did you did you bring any plants with you?" I was like, "Dude, I don't have anything. I have Dude, nothing I, left." I, like, gross soul patch thing. I just looked horrible. <laughs> and he goes, "He goes, welcome home, man." And yeah. I was like, "And you know," and I like walked into Hawaii. I was like, "Oh, it's the U.S." And yeah. you could just, it just feels totally different. So the customs guy and I had a moment, which you never have a moment with the customs guys. They're never. like always locked in, always trying to think that you're the bad guy. This guy was like, "Hey, welcome home." So I I always. That. I got that, that in Australia. Yeah. Like I came in, like never been there. I left home with like twenty pounds worth of stuff. Got to Sydney with like just under nine. Guys, like, what are you doing here? I'm like, living. <laughs> really? He's like, you got one bag, bro. I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, welcome in. Like, just like, all right, cool. Did they dip your shoes in the goo? No, I was good. I only had flip flops. I didn't even own any shoes. Yeah. So as I said, we it didn't happen to me when we play golf down there, but they have uh, like this blue goo. Seen that. Fill the, you know, if you have freaking like foreign born, I don't know, bacteria. Really? Yeah, oh, they're, they're insane. Silent. They don't want to like, it's kind of like when you have to like quarantine uh, dogs if you're animals when you move yeah. to the U.S. My so, mom had, when my mom brought my golf clubs out to Sydney, she had to like open them up and show them that she like detailed every groove. I mean, they were very stringent on what they were going to allow in. So, I mean, that's expected though. I mean, they're so, Australia is so tight with everything, but yeah. So to share a little insight to you, cause we're obviously all getting to know each other right now. Like Chris and I actually started this podcast while he was living in Australia. And the first episode was him waking up, I think, or no, up late at night. night. You yeah. were at night and I was in my car and we did a anchor podcast over the phone. And that's kind of like what kickstarted this. Cause it's funny because <laughs> Cody, who you don't have the pleasure of meeting today, sent us this like beautiful like show notes on you and we kind of learned a little bit more about no laying up and how you guys felt that there just wasn't the voice that you guys kind of have within your group out there in the golf world and i feel like we're kind of like your canadian brothers in that sense trying, trying. Love it. early so stages all focused though you guys yeah just, yeah. yeah strictly like, so we go other places at times but like golf is the common bond that brings us all together and it's all about championing like what golf has done for us as people, right? Like even in Alberta right now, golf isn't essential. I'm like, listen, like it will be, it is kind like, yeah, sure. It's not an essential service in, in, in the sense that we're saving lives and doing this, but like, as far as a recreational activity that people could potentially do as a way to escape the craziness that is going on in like a healthy, safe way, like let's at least figure out a way to give them a chance to do this when it's happening in the province next door it's happening in arizona florida like 
let's let's kind of be the voice of reason and it's like okay maybe this is good for golf right well we were um my girlfriend and i were just out they opened the beaches up here yeah uh, they did yeah like friday or saturday really and, you know of course everybody floods out there so there's a bunch of memes and like stuff like florida idiots and mm-hmm. it's like yeah okay but we were out there walking today the first time we've gone out there and it's a bunch of people but you feel like you can keep your you know keep your distance yeah and it's no different than when I have to go to the store and I, you know, I, I didn't totally. feel, I didn't feel as like eerie or like um, uneasy being out there, but I do think there was some value. Um, I mean, nobody takes anything seriously unless there's a drastic mm-hmm. change, right. Where oh, it's like, yeah. because before they shut the beaches down and we were, you know, it was like partying on spring break. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's like lax lacrosse team, at like frat house across the street from the, from the uh, kill house, our office. And these guys are just out there playing Snappa, you know, playing drinking games all day long. <laughs> like they're just having 20, 20 p- people parties on the beach. And yeah, so they kind of have to like reset everything. Right. And then maybe hopefully you can open you, things. Use up. that time as a break to the kind of like, let, and I think all the golf courses are doing that right now is because they're like, well, what, like, how could we actually take proactive measures of doing this? Whether that's shutting down the pro shop, right? Like virtual check ins. And if you want stuff like a sleeve of balls, like, whoever that starter is, is going to keep their distance from you is going to organize that and bring it to you at the first tee and leave it there. Right. Like at least give them a chance to try and make it right. Rather than like, okay, here in Alberta, at least it's a $2.3 billion industry that employs 42,000 people. That's not like we at least are lucky where it's winter for a little bit of the time. So like, yeah, let's give them a chance to try and put some stuff in place to like, keep the industry because that's mm-hmm. another 42,000 people that are dependent on the government to support them. Sure. I think Jack's beach, the pub, the muni course out here has done a good job with the, you know, it's like, it's not gonna be perfect, but they're making a big effort to keep everybody yeah. spread Safe. out. I think it's annoying when I see the people, you know, four, four, some in four different carts. It's like, why don't we just walk well, a few of us walk, you know, yeah. like maybe I understand if you're, if you need a cart, but that, that just, I, I, that won't ever add up to me. Uh, no, we, we've kind of talked about this too. I'm like, okay, you allow buggies, but like, do you really trust that 15 year old wiping down that card after? Yeah, that's I what I mean. It's like that to me is where the, like, that's the most, um, I guess that's your hotspot, your germ hotspot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just is, that's a, that's a fact. So I would say, and also, I mean, the course been packed. Um, but yeah, like it'd be, I think it'd be realistic to ask people to, uh, but the problem is they make a lot of money on the carts. Right. Totally. Yeah. That's, that's half that's the like is. 20, yeah. 20 bucks extra for the, yeah. for the carts and that, you know, they're electric, so they don't have to pay for much. So I don't know, but I would give them credit. I think they're doing good. They got raised cups and no one, it's the rounds have been faster because no one's pulling the flag or. Yeah, right. exactly. And they're spreading out the tea ball. times. No one, nobody has any, any, you know five footers because i have whatever i'll just pound it in there so uh, <laughs> but i i went out and played for the first time last week i i you know i didn't play for about a month and i expected to hate the race cups but i en- i actually enjoyed the round i still got the I'd, I'd rather the ball go in the hole but it was you know it was fine i, I thought, Get out there I, thought I, I got a not not as much of a thrill but i still got a thrill out of seeing the ball hit the hole Exactly. Like, hey, yeah, you, know, like, you weren't hey. like that guy out there shooting fifty nine, just ramming it at the hole every time. No, I wasn't. But I was playing with someone that was doing that, and I was like, <laughs> "Come on, man!" You yeah, know. But if that's funny. what you want to do, go for it. You but go I'm right not, ahead, I'm bud. 
not gambling with you. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, like, this is the cup. I'm not, I'm not counting that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know we can go on and on about quarantine golf and like, I don't even want to think about it because like we don't even have it yet. Like yeah. I'm just waiting to hopefully see golf, but I was going to say this kid and I, like you were excited to just hit a golf shot. We were excited to go to a field and hit a hundred yard wedge shot to a football stand, right? Like That's just what we were doing yesterday. Urban golf at its finest lately has been my motive. Yeah. So we can yeah. do where you can. Exactly. We, we don't have to talk about the quarantine stuff. Uh, Chris I has actually, some questions. I think funny, funny before we move on though, I had uh, Andy and I had, uh, have you ever got guys ever, uh, read the book or listen to the podcast Freakonomics? I've listened to a bit of it. I listened to the podcast. Yeah. So the host, Stephen Dubner, I met him like three months ago at a, um, an event and we just, he's a big golfer out of, you know, I had no idea, but, um, so we get to talk and we were, we were supposed to play golf next week and I'm going back and forth. Obviously we're not going to play, but I was like, Hey, you know, I, I heard you on the Joe Rogan podcast. You, every time we try to talk golf with Rogan, Rogan was like, nah, I don't want to talk about, you know, you could just tell yeah. him to shut up. Really. But and then Rogan it. wants to go on and on about MMA fighting and you yeah. know, has no idea. Like, <laughs> so I was like, if you want to, you know, you want to talk golf, you can come, you know, come hang out with us. So he came on the podcast uh, a couple days ago. And, on the trap draw. Yeah, on the trap draw. Nice. Yeah, golf Jason, right? And, and I was all lined up. He used to be a musician. I had this like opening question, you know, I was going to get him, get him on his toes. And I hit him with like a hey, like how you know how are things? Like you're up in New York, how are things? He just went on like a five minute, just like depressing soliloquy about like how bad it is because like, you know he's doing it's podcasts. Terrible. I'm like, not enough ventilator. Like his his last three podcasts, he's just deep in the weeds of like how shitty it is. Yeah, and I was like, damn it, you know, like yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> missed that one. <laughs> I tried to make this weird transition, like yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, you know. Uh, and then Randy, like he always says, jumped in and was like, Steven. We're struggling here to make a, a segue, man. And I'm just going <laughs> to call it out. You know, I just kind of like <laughs> broke, broke I love the that. Air. I love so, that. Oh, all that. To say, if you want to get off the quarantine stuff, I'm I'm right there. Oh, I feel like we could just get stuck on it so much, but I'll go into something that like I'm like super interested in because like it's highly entertaining. But I lo- I've got to say like I love the strap series with you and Randy. I find it absolutely hilarious. Like the dynamic between the two of you is just like ridiculous compared to the rest of you guys. Like I got into like, how did you guys come up with that idea? And like, what's been your favorite season so far of strap? Like, I mean, it seems like they keep getting better and better and the mega yeah. bonus is close, man. Like we're getting there. We'll get it this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, I hope. Uh, so Randy was close. Let's see. I, it was, so it's DJ's DJ's brainchild as a lot of the video stuff is he's kind of the straw in the drink. And I think the secret sauce with strapped is a little bit of like Randy and I are kind of like, just turn the camera on. Like, let's do it live. Yeah. Like that's, I've always been our attitude. Like, yeah, I don't care that much. And neither and he definitely doesn't care. And <laughs> we've always, so he, he and Tron, my older brother were roommates in college. Mm-hmm. And so I go visit him. And I've always had a good relationship with Randy. Even before the NLU stuff, we were just always been like kind of goof off and like, um, always a lot of inside jokes, you know, just kind of like, like riff off each other. And so it's built on like that chemistry, I think, but it's also the fact that like, it's like turning on and, and we don't, as, as we've gotten gone more and more, like we all pick the locations and we, you know, kind of, I guess, outline the trip. But then once we're there, it's kind of like, 
we just like it's DJ show. He's the conductor, right? Like he's like okay. the invisible hand behind the camera. And yeah. so I think allowing it to be his uh I don't want to say artistic vision, but that kind of that's kind of what it is. It's like like he'll, he'll run child. like we'll, this morning we were talking about the episode coming out tomorrow and I'll go through stuff with him. And most of the time my answer is like, DJ, you know my answer is like whatever you think. But like yeah. here's I like here are a couple suggestions, but like I don't whereas with Taurus sauce, sometimes there's five of us, so it's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit more um you know, somebody likes this part of it. So, so there's less there's less of a I guess mission statement in a way which mm-hmm. is fine because it's like a bigger project and that allows us to flex it different ways, whether we want to go to like Scotland or the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Draft has like a very like clear defined, like it's budget golf across the U S yeah. and like have, you know, we, we made, but the funniest part is like we made up all the rules. Like, so <laughs> I was going to ask about that. DJs. And then Randy and I, the three of us kind of sat down and talked about like, the, we started making stuff up. Like, well, let's have like a money round. Like, I think that I might have added that idea and it was like, well, let's make the budget 500 bucks. And then Randy was like, let's go to Iowa. Cause I have never been there, you yeah. know? So it was kind of like once we started building on top of the, the idea. I love the lost ball Callaway find rule. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like just <laughs> little like that. And, and the whole like C-suite thing is like totally made up. Like yeah, that was, that's so good. You guys are just playing a character, right? Like, so how much does that like, get in your head? Like when right? you were close on that one episode and they start calling Solly. And they're like, yeah, it's sub you know, six thousand, you know, like, like he's he was probably he might have been playing the character a little too much there, but uh, <laughs> that's to me that's part of the mega bonus. Like, I don't fault Solly for that. It's like, no, that's yeah. part of me getting over the demons. Like, yeah, I, exactly. Breaking par. It's like I got to break par. Like in this, it, there's a there's a build up to it, right? Like we were supposed to go to Detroit next month for the next draft. And it's like the whole time you're like, all right, I'm trying to get my game there. Like I want to peak at the right time. I want mm-hmm. this to be. Yeah. Around, you know, so there's a lot of pressure around it. Not so much the camera pressure, but more just the fact that I know I only have three shots at it. Yeah. And so when I get close, it's like, oh man, this is it. Like we're gonna <laughs> do it, you know. And then it's like, fuck, no, we're not. Like yeah. way we're gonna do it. Like just snap it out of bounds. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of how it came about. And I think we just really like the funny part is, I get well to back up for a second. The other reason it came about was because we were getting. I don't want to say like a bunch of shit, but there was some, we have a message board called the refuge mm-hmm. and it's a great feedback tool. And we were seeing some message on there that were like, yo, you know, uh, national golf links, Shinnecock, they look awesome, but like, I'm never going to play there. Like yeah. I, I can't relate to like Chicago golf club because it's so private. Like I'd yeah. love to see you guys play like somewhere I could play. Some and, goat track out in the middle of nowhere, wherever. Yeah. And Randy and I are kind of like the, at the time we were the least involved because I was still at a job and yeah. And uh we're probably the least like golf architecture oriented as well. Like we were more of like I just like to play golf. Just want to go I'll, play. Yeah, I'll pretty much play anywhere. Uh I do enjoy the architecture stuff a lot more the more you get into it. Um, but I think we like I see it as a worthy use of my time to go play these courses. Not to say that Solly and Tron wouldn't. It was just like before the before it came to um fruition before you saw it like it's hard to like picture these things and randy and i got it immediately we were like oh that is we should be doing that we should be definitely covering public golf and i think the other guys are a little bit more like yeah yeah sure you guys should go do that like take the ball and run yeah yeah that's that's your you know you go for it so um i think we all kind of immediately saw the it was something we all wanted to do immediately yeah Uh, so 
I guess to answer your question, what's my favorite season? Uh, man, I would say I really enjoyed – there's like really sneaky good Easter eggs and episodes in each one that I always enjoy remembering. Like, uh, But I think New Orleans is like – That was a great mm, one. Front to back, I think it's my favorite. It was just the most uh, – it was probably the most serendipitous, if that's the right word. Like the most um, – things just kind of aligned there. Yeah. I thought the tie-in with True Detective was a ton of fun. Like I really enjoyed like – you know, growing the Fu Manchu and just <laughs> getting fully into it. character. And that chick that you stayed with, like yeah, Maggie Kern, like that's man. that's what it was kind of like. What uh, a singer Shane as well. Bacon. Yeah, she's awesome. And Shane Bacon went to like summer camp with her, and he connected us with her like that day. It was like, oh, you guys are in New Orleans. Crazy. You got to look up uh, Maggie. Mm-hmm. And we literally like exchanged texts with her, and she's like, yeah, I'll show you around. Yeah. And then it was like you know, quick, like fast friends, like shed that dog, Tom. I mean, it was just like a really, it was awesome. Yeah. And of course, uh, I loved Audubon park. So that was probably one of my favorite courses we played too. So nice. that helped. Uh, and I just like new Orleans. So it was like fun. To, and also Ben, the, the preacher man, um, like we've kept in close contact with him. He's like, he's awesome. It's just like, there, there was just like a lot of good. We met, several really good people and people that we've like continued to, to talk with. And we probably, I think the reason I like that one the most is because we met the most people there. Yeah. I, I was I talking about, you know, but it was kind of like killer. Mike was like our only Sherpa. He was wild too. Awesome. And I love yeah. him too. And that was an awesome season, but we also stayed in uh, like a casino, which is pretty soulless, yeah. you know, but like the, the Airbnbs in new Orleans were a lot of fun. Like the one Airbnb turns out that Ben the preacher knew like by chance he, I told him who I was, I was like, I'm texting the Airbnb lady back. Um, like, um, what was her name? Like Rhea or something like that. And he was like, Rhea, he's like, that's my friend's wife. You know, he's like, Oh, that's the, that, you know, it's like, so then he hit up the guy and he was like, Oh, they can stay there for free. And we're like, Oh shit. You know, <laughs> that's insane. I was so, telling so, the boys, all that. that kind of stuff kept happening. Exactly. So it was hilarious. It just felt like everything kind of lined up on that trip. I was telling the boys the other day because I was like talking about strap for some odd. We were talking about college golf or something with someone we had on, and I was like, "You should really go watch that strapped episode where they go to the Iowa State facility." I was like, "That is like, what a that surprise to come across that! Like, that was the most ridiculous place I think I've ever seen for like a practice facility." It was, and we we went to the Stanford one too, um, but I thought Iowa State was maybe because it was so much more unexpected. Yeah. Because the guy was like, oh, I got to show you this Iowa State place. And we're like, okay, cool. And then we got there. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you do have to show us this. Like you have every type of green. (laughs) You can hit anywhere from what, like 25 to 150. Iowa is also very much, I mean, I like like, like them all, right? But Iowa was a ton of fun too because everything was new. Like We were just like literally making it up as we went. and. There's a ton. I I love doing that. So I hope what I hope is that we don't lose that. Like I'm always looking forward to going. I just don't want to lose the um, spontaneity. Like as it gets more popular, I worry that like like we don't want to set up around. People are always like come to you know North Carolina and you, we they're like we could play here here and here. And I'm like I I want hey I appreciate the invite, but like that's not really what it's about, right? Yeah. It's like I can't have you guys set the trip up for us because then there's no drama. There's no there's like nothing to it. Like we have to kind of find our own way. Yeah. So, so how you do know, you guys that, decide? We can avoid that. We yeah. gotta. We kind of have to like be like very uh, like now. Like the most recent one we've done is in LA, and we had to kind of keep it 
under wraps that were like there. Like mm-hmm. not to be like, oh, we're famous, but it's more like you're it's, gonna get a lot of messages. I don't like, yeah, I don't like saying no to people, right? Like I don't want to be like, sorry, you know, like sorry, you can't come, or like no, like. It, but it's just kind of like no, we gotta like we have to create the content, like yeah, or yeah. else it's not gonna be any good. <laughs> and when you guys are out there like creating your content, I mean, for tour sauce, it'd be a lot different than strap, but because Tom and I are talking about this a lot lately, but if say you're going out for tour sauce, like how many cameras are you guys rolling out there? Is it like one per group, couple per group? And then just kind of go through the editing after that and just find the footage. Yeah. So it's usually two. We have these Sony a 6,500 cameras, mm-hmm. kind of like very versatile mirrorless uh, cameras uh, with mics on them. Perfect. And if it's, if it's windy, that can be an issue, but really like everything that is, those are the workhorses. So we have two of those. Usually we go out and uh, sometimes we'll play a fivesome. Yeah, if it's just us. But if we have guests, it's usually like three and you know three and three or mm-hmm. four depends. And then um, a lot, a ton more planning goes into tour sauce. There's just a lot yeah, more. Exactly. My brother usually Tron usually does all the logistics. Um, like so, we're TC planning, way. and he's like, yeah, it's the TC way, <laughs> and he's he's really good at that. He's very organized, and yeah. so he'll lay out like here's what a rough itinerary look and then we'll have you know a few planning meetings to be like let's you know move this and this and this we try we've learned our lesson like if you play too much golf it burns us out Mm -hmm. and we get grumpy and we're not any fun on camera and the episode suffers um we also try to create the competitions one because it's it makes us care more but two i think it's easier when there's like one match of the day Mm -hmm. focus on that it, it helps um, engagement yeah. from the viewers. Yeah, it like, help, and it helps like DJ with the editing where it's like, all right, mm-hmm. I don't have to do like 900 different shots. It's like, all right, I'll show a few B-roll shots of like other people hitting golf balls, but like this match is what matters. Yeah, this is the story. Kind of, yeah, there's a storyline. There's a, there's a, an arc there. Um, and then we have the drone. Um, we have a backup one, but we got mainly, we mainly just use one. And then we have this little Osmo pocket. Okay like slow-mo and b-roll yeah and all that stuff um that can be a little bit of a hassle to um load into the you know into the edit bay yeah. sometimes the file sizes are huge but it's really good and high def and so usually i'll pick my spots but that fits in my pocket so that's easy for me to go and then and then usually we basically sometimes like i'll take the camera for six holes uh dj will take it Sally will take it because Perfect. it'll it'll burn you out if you film every shot and mm-hmm. it'll burn you out if um, there's just no need for it for every yeah shot. but also there's a i could think of a men, million examples of god i wish the camera was rolling true so yeah film as much as we can but it really helps the pace and if we share the the load and uh also it it helps the vibe that it's us doing it Right. So it's, there's no other camera guy. Sometimes we have one guy in California, Matt, who is actually our video, video editor with DJ. He's the one that makes all the um, videos look really, really professional. Yeah. He's like, the, by the way, too. Like DJ will, and Sally will usually do most of like the nuts and bolts editing. Yeah. Um, then and he then he polishes it up with the yeah, audio and audio the transitions and, the, and everything. Yeah. Which is, he's really, he's really good. So he, and he's, he's come to film too because it helps him. Um, cause he then knows where to look for the, you know, the shots or whatever. He kind of knows the, knows is, the archive a little bit better. Is there anyone that you're like, we are not giving him the camera cause he just doesn't know how to frame a shot. 
Uh, they'd probably tell you me, but I've got a lot <laughs> okay. better. I'll, t- I'll tell you that. Uh, I think, again, everybody's kind of learned by doing. Yeah. So everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, even DJs completely self-taught, I think, with the, uh, you know, and it, you pick stuff up. Like, I've I've been editing a couple videos for the Crash Course series, and it's like, what you learn is when you get back to the computer and you go through it, you're like, damn it, I need more shots of putting. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I need, so then I remember that next time I go out. Um, yeah, you're more mindful of it. Very much so. Yeah. I think there's a funny one in the, in the tour sauce. Randy and I were at Pine Needles on our own. And I kept thinking there was like a black like vignette on the screen. Oh, I remember seeing that. <laughs> I was like, nah, Randy's like, what's this black? What's the deal? I was like, ah, oh, I think the screen's just overheating a little bit. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not my that fault. That literally has happened. So that like. I was like, don't worry about it. It turns out the frame, like the camera cover, not the cover, but like the, um, the shutter wasn't all the way open. It, like, ah. The thing comes off to protect the lens. Oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't clicked. Like it wasn't turned all the way. <laughs> so it was like creating this like little, little black window. like diagonals. Yeah. And so we were watching the footage afterwards and I mean, they were roasting me so bad, you know, but then I was like, Dude, you know what I'm talking about when the camera does it. He's like, no, I get it. It's totally, yeah. it's like, honestly, I, He's, he's DJs usually like, honestly, I've done that too. But like, it's just fun to give me shit. Yeah, like, exactly. Idiot. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I won't do that again. Yeah. So again, you learn, you learn by doing. Exactly. I'll take uh, one step away from golf before we have to let you go here. But you guys have been doing a lot of like deep dives on um, NLU and the trap draw the last little while. But the one I got to go back to that was just like full circle for me was on the trap draw when you guys did the Garth deep dive on that doc now like i didn't even watch that doc like i grew up a garth fan but like i've been listening to your mom's house for like years and yeah. they have you ever gone on garth's social media page like on, on, on his instagram all of the now. comments it's yeah. it's all your mom's house comments and like really? they're ripped they're like where are the bodies garth they need to know like where, where these people went and like when you guys went in on that deep dive i'm like this might be one of the funniest things I've heard in a long time. Like just literally tearing this guy apart limb from limb. And I'm like, okay, good. It's not just me that thinks this too. Like, <laughs> Which episode is this one? This is on the uh, trap draw. Like the January. Yeah. So my, my roommate in New York, who's not part of NLU, Jerry, uh, we played football in college together and he's from Texas. And so uh, he's big music buff. And we, we went to a show, a fish concert mm-hmm. in Philly. It was like a thir- three thousand people show. We got tickets from like Sirius XM and it was like this special show, like small show they played in twenty years. I'm not a huge fish fan, but I, I've been to a couple concerts. And I enjoy them, and you know we just kind of like melt our faces as you do at a fish show. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> and so we're all you know scatterbrained. We get back to this like horrible hotel downtown, this Marriott that's you know needed to be renovated twenty five years ago. And he flips on the TV. I'm like, I got to take a shower. So I go, I go take a shower. I come out and he's got A and E on. It's this Garth documentary. He's like, dude, literally, this is the exact opposite of what we just saw. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like fish is kind of like the world's biggest inside joke. Like, I don't get it. Nobody gets it. But every, all the people that follow him, like, yeah, yeah, you don't, you're, you know, like you're an outsider. Like, yeah, I don't think anybody gets it. They just, you know, but it's, it, but it, they, cause they, they don't talk on stage. They don't explain anything. It's just kind of. Everything's just a joke. Yeah. And Garth is like over, he's like looking straight into the camera, like over explaining the creepiest way possible. You want to know who Garth Brooks is? It's friends, friends in low places. Come on, come on into studio G and I'll tell you about it. 
Yeah, you're telling me like how much of a like god god fearing man you quit, you know, you retired to raise your daughters, which is awesome, but like yeah. that means you don't have friends in low places. Like, yeah, like you're literally the opposite of that. And so this whole four hour documentary, which is probably two hours too long, it's <laughs> all these like things that mentally I'm just like, is this am I crazy or is this ridiculous? And so the next day to make sure I wasn't losing my mind, I told DJ to watch it and he had the same reaction. And the thing was Jerry, my roommate was a huge Garth fan growing up. And I wasn't, I, I know Garth Brooks. I know, you know, I know the, if his songs come on, I'll know him, but I mm -hmm. just don't have any like bearing on how yeah. big he was. I had no idea. So I was just blown away by he all of this. Come up here. Jesus. I could have been like that down there. And then like learn, you know, all the sellout shows on his reunion tours and all this stuff. And so we had, DJ, who was kind of like in between Jerry, who was a diehard Garth fan, and then me, who was just not really a knowledgeable fan at all. And so I think that's why the podcast was so much fun. Oh, it was man, like it was all priceless from different angles. And uh, I really enjoy, enjoy the documentary uh, trap draws we do. Um, but they got to be right, like, they got to be like that kind of documentary. Yeah. Like, people have been like, do the Tiger King one. I'm like, nah. I don't want to, you know, there's too many people talking. That's not a trap draw. Like, yeah. it's got to, some deep cut like Metallica doc that nobody knows about, know. but like it, it's got to be kind of like, really, I should watch something about Donkey Kong. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, you should watch it, right? Like, that's how it works on the trap draw. I like so, that. But before you have to leave here, we need to ask you, you got to give us like, give us the best moment of either tour sauce or strap that we don't see on camera, like the uh, wildest recency bias would be DJ getting pulled over. Uh, oh, yeah. on the way to Pinehurst that was fun because it was like outrageous he didn't do anything wrong and then the cop like made him get out of the car and like was kind of like it smells like alcohol it was like 9 in the morning he's like said it said we smelled, smelled like booze I'm like yeah. I'm like, deal? he's like hey you want to come back here to the dash cam we like do things in front of the camera he's yeah. like sir am I being detained you know like we're all we're we, Solly and I were in the car we're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> so he, he like pulled him over for like following too closely and then like Five minutes later, some guy is just, you know, falling way too closely on some semi truck trying to pass. And so it was like, that was, that, that was, that's, that was a little bit in the episode, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think the backstory was there. Yeah, it was funny. Dude. I have, uh, I have two, I two kind of things that I'd like to talk about real quick. One, what was sure. that wind actually like at Bali Bunyan? Cause that was one of the things I watched on my deep dive on no laying up and just how insane that hurricane gale force winds. What was it like to actually hit golf shots in that? Yeah. The, the first eight, the 18 on the real course was manageable. Yeah. It was a lot, but it was like, you know, we were able to play, I think two or three holes in the middle, like 10, 11, 12, it got like kind of outrageous, but no putts like being pushed. But then when we played that, the nine hole cashing course, like we weren't exaggerating when we're like standing up against the wind. Like yeah. it was, it was, uh, I think like 40, 50 miles an hour. And, and then like these, these big gusts, gusts come. And I, that was the, by far the strongest wind I've ever been in period, not just golf. Right. Where, like I've never been in a hurricane or anything. So, um, this thing to it, but it was just kind of, it was, it was, uh, we ended up going in three holes early because I was like, guys, I, yeah. this is, it's the gust started to spook me because we were kind of up on this bluff and we had a couple carts and I was like, these carts are going to get blown off the hill. Like they're yeah. like, they were you know, like my hat's getting blown 50 yards down the uh, fairway. 
So it was fun until it wasn't. And then it was like, all right, it's time to go in. Yeah. So I like that. Next part of my little, this one's this, I'm going to put something out there to the universe right now because Chris and I were having a talk the other day and I'm like, at some point in the future, we need to have a border battle with the no laying up guys, maybe in Montana, Southern Alberta or something like that. Spokane. Do a little Ryder cup type thing. And I, I've loved those, love that part of the country. I was there over the summer on a road trip, but yeah, uh, Tron and I played, um, where did we go? St. Eugene Mission. I played there. Okay. In yeah, we went to a wedding there in Cranbrook, uh, 2015, 2016. It's a wild track. Have awesome. You- I loved it. And then we yeah. played, uh, why, what was it? Wild Thorn? Wild Thorn. Or, uh, Gary Player Course, or maybe it's Fouda. I don't know. Oh, by, uh, out in Cranbrook? Yeah. It was I'm like, sure it was near, there were a couple courses. Uh, near Cranbrook, we played another one. Have you guys ever uh, heard of Tobiano? No, I don't think we put played it on there. your list. Put that one on your no list. Oh, Seriously, I'll tell you guys, uh, I don't think it's going to be this season, but probably the maybe the eh, probably two Western Canada's on, on is on the short list. Has yeah. to be. Who knows when? Right? You guys have a busy oh, schedule well, of a lot. It was to be it was supposed to be England, okay. uh, summer, but we're not going to do that. We're we're changing it up. Um. Probably gonna be Oregon. I'll just tell you guys. Nice. Um, Great. So we're, we're gonna do like the Oregon Trail. So we're gonna go from the Sick. coast inland, uh, and then I think we really want to do Western Canada. We, we've been a bit concerned about the you know covering so much land or so yeah. much ground. It's a but lot of traveling if you want to do it right. But if, I mean, if you guys even just pick like the mountain spots or even go to Vancouver and just go up and down the coast, I mean, oh, I think so we have, we had, we kind of outlined a pretty good loop and Mickelson National. I think yeah, is Calgary. So we wanted to hit that. So I think maybe next year or um, I, I, I would like to do it next summer, but I think some of the guys want to go to England. Yeah. Uh, I love the, I love the wide open. So like I, my favorite season tour sauce, Ireland was great, but I loved California. Probably Man, that because was of great. The like, you know, Sally hated California because really? of the RV, right? Like, yeah, it was like, the well, RV was, was sick. That was the best part. But it wasn't comfortable though. Right. There's like five yeah. of us in there. Like but that's part got, of it. That's right. But I, that's the thing. I love that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah I think tour sauces, tour sauces, we're, we're kind of pulling. We did three of them last year, which was too many. So mm-hmm. we got a little burned out, I think, on all facets of it because they're like all of us. Basically, everything else gets put on hold for 10 days. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. But then it's like you get back and like the work has just begun. Exactly. So I think we're probably going to end up doing one a year. Mm hmm. And, and really like focus in on those and then start sprinkling in all the like wild world of golf and, tr- and strapped all around. Um, yeah. And maybe, maybe two, but like, I think we, this year we were only going to do one just to pull back and like get a, make sure that like, cause it, I don't want it to become a burden. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you can really, you can't burn yourself out on this stuff where the worst thing is you're going to all these awesome places and then it like, you're not having a good time. Like yeah, what's wrong? Enjoying it. Yeah. Well, and you're not even, you think you're having a great time then, and then you get home, and like you said, the work has just begun, and you're like, oh, was that even worth it? Like, yeah, it seemed like a bit yeah. much, but. It's, it kind of drags out, whereas if you, you know, I think if we take a break on it, also if, like, the audience, you know, doesn't see any for a while, it's totally. like, hey, we want, we want more. It's like, all right, cool. Oh, yeah, so, you, don't, you don't want to fuck with people spoiled, online either. Spoiled everybody. We did too many of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm kind of happy we snuck them all in before the before the virus hit. That was seriously. Actually, you guys got lucky. Smartest thing we've done. 
Well, so. when that border opens up, we'll have to set up the Western Canadian swing and we'll uh, we'll team up and do a match. Yeah, no, I will. If I'm uh, if I'm up your way, I'll look you guys up because uh, I God, I got a friend that lives in. Uh, I guess he lives in Calgary. He I played. He went. To, he's from Atlanta. Um, married a girl that he met in college. It's from Calgary. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he lives in Calgary, but I got to get up there to see him because he's. Got uh, him, man. Either he's way, awkward. and his his wife and his wife's family are all like awesome golfers. He sucks, so <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. All, uh, like he's trying to get better so he's like really into the nlu stuff because he's like yo man like what clubs do i need like i i'm not good and everybody else is really good so <laughs> yeah what's happening uh, there? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll hook I, you up yeah yeah i've been trying to help him out <laughs> so just give him your it. stuff from last year be like you know what you need you need an epic flash yeah, <laughs> i'm gonna get this new maverick though. you need to hit more seeds and get a lesson maybe yeah, it's usually yeah, what it comes exactly. down to practice, right? That's the, the trouble with golf. I was living in Phoenix for four years, played a lot of golf. I've been itching right now, and just yeah, I need it. Let's I need it back in my life. Yeah, it's time to get back down and get on back on the course. Yeah, golf yeah. is essential, right? Nine That's what I'm going to cross the border with. I'm sneak across the border to go play for all I care. I feel Jesus. like they'd let me through because I am a U.S. citizen, but then they'd force me right into quarantine. Can't play. Either way. But, Neil, we can't thank you enough for giving us some of your time tonight, and hopefully we can try and set something up in the future when the Rona hopefully disappears and we can have some fun again. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Neil. I appreciate it, too. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Hello, 4Jack Podcast fam. It's your boy, Active Nation, and thank you for listening to the 4Jack Podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us if you could go hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. You know what? Because that would really make our day. Thank you, and let's keep on golfing, baby. I kind of like that last one. Okay. Then we're good. Got it.